You are listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Welcome or welcome back to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff. And today we are tackling a subject that, as two Harmony people, is one that's probably not our favorite one, church conflict. Yeah, you and I don't get into a lot of conflict, so avoid, we're avoid, kind of avoid. avoid conflict avoiders, aren't we? So yeah, this would be an interesting subject for the two of us to talk about. Yes, I thought it might be fun if we just sat and kind of just went through the darkest conflict you've experienced in that church sounds life. Sounds good. Why don't you and I have if a you want little to lay conflict down, here yes, in front of people? That you can might lay be down good. on the couch and just kind of hash it sounds out with awesome. all your closest friends. Uh, but we're going to talk about conflict in the church, because if you have been in the church for more than a day, you probably know that although it is a culture of God's people, it is also sometimes a culture of conflict. It is inevitable. Yeah. Anytime you bring a group together of sinful people, and we're all sinful, the pastor's sinful, the elders are sinful, every member's sinful, there's going to be conflict. It's just part and parcel of gathering together a group of people before we get to the presence of the Lord. We're going to always have to deal with some sort of conflict. Yep. Now, although we are, in our tendencies, avoiders, that is not actually the call that the church is supposed to have. There really is a stance that the church is supposed to take when it comes to conflict that exists amongst believers, correct? Very much so. And, and again, it's funny you'd even bring that up. I mean, some people, have you have to pull away from conflict. They yep. love conflict so much. And some people, you have to push toward it to, to resolve it and to not avoid it. So I, I think that's very true. But there's going to always be conflict in the church. I would say if there's sort of categories of conflict in the church, uh, one of them would be sometimes people are in blatant sin. Mm-hmm. The reality is, you know, we all know, everybody's seen it. They know something's happening in their lives. So at points in times, you know, the leaders have to deal with the conflict of somebody who makes a decision that they're going to live a sinful life, and then they've got to come and get involved. Sometimes you have conflict with the leadership in the church. Mm-hmm. Sometimes members say, listen, I don't like the way they're leading, or I don't like the decisions they're making, mm-hmm. and then we've got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But most often, it's probably one person to another within mm-hmm. the church that's having conflict, mm-hmm. and that needs to be mm-hmm. dealt with. Now, obviously, it's a good just life skill to not avoid conflict and to step into difficult conversations, but even can you give us from a biblical perspective of why it's important for the church and church members especially to address conflict? Yeah, I think an overarching theme that we always have to remind ourselves of is Jesus said, listen, you will know them by the fact that they love one another. So he's saying to his disciples, hey, listen, here's going to be your badge of identification of how the world is going to know that you're followers of me is that you love one another. So that has to sort of be our overarching theme. In other words, if there's conflict, it needs to be resolved, and it needs to be resolved in love. Because especially, you know this of the church, the world is watching, and they want to know, how are you going to handle conflict? How are you going to handle difficulty? So I think an overarching theme has always got to be, this needs to be done in the context of love. But I would also say it's critical that it's dealt with because the power of the church comes from this idea that, that we're living a righteous, a godly life, that we're dealing with blatant sin in the community, we're dealing with uh, struggles between people. 
Uh, you're going to see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 where they felt as though the power of the church of Corinth had gone out because they didn't deal with a sinful brother in their midst. You see it in the Old Testament. Uh, you see it in Joshua chapter 7 where uh, Achan sinned, he stole some things, and it affected the power of the body of Christ to be able to move on. So there's a sense in which uh, the Spirit of God resides best and does greatest things through the church when the church has dealt with some of its own problems. The one I often think of is in Acts chapter 6. Remember there was a conflict there. It's why deacons were raised up. You know, some of the widows and the orphans were crying out that they weren't being cared for, and certain people felt as though they were favoring one over the other. So there was a sense in which that needed to be dealt with. The decision was made. That's how they would raise up deacons so the elders could give themselves to prayer and to study the word, and then deacons, which literally means servants or wait on tables, were raised up to be able to care for widows and orphans. That was how they resolved that conflict. And then the scripture says immediately following, now the power of the church continued to advance in the community because they dealt with that conflict and now the power of God was able to, to move in greater ways. So dealing with conflict in a church as you want hire avoiders is really critical to do. It, it really sets up the ministry to be able to make greater impact in the community. And what do you say, just as important as just dealing with conflict in general, is then how we as believers actually deal with that conflict, the posture we have, the approach we have, how we go about it, because it's a tense thing and a difficult thing to do. Very much so. Um, and again, that's why I, I would say within conflict in the church, whether it's with leadership or whether it's with somebody in sin or whether it's between two members, we always try to direct people to Matthew chapter 18. Mm -hmm. Spells out very clearly the four steps that are involved. And you're right, attitude and those kinds of things are critical to that. So for people not necessarily familiar with that, or maybe they just want the cliff notes of Matthew 18, although it does spell it out pretty clearly, walk us through, because this is something we actually have even in our staff covenant of we as staff at Sunnybrook, this is how we're going to address conflict amongst one another. So if people are listening, maybe they have someone in their life, maybe it's someone who attends here, they have a blatant sin that they feel like they need to address, but they've been avoiding because they're not sure how to go about it. Walk us through what Matthew 18 kind of calls us to. Yeah, and if you just simply want to go back and read Matthew 18, 1 through 4, you're going to get these four steps. Mm -hmm. But step number one is this, is I'm going to go to my brother, or I'm going to go to my sister. Mm -hmm. um, often I've found... Uh, people do want to do just the opposite. They always want to go and gossip to other people. Mm -hmm. There's how bad they are. There's how they treated me and on and on. Uh, that's where sin gets into and causes greater problems. So Scripture is going to clear, clearly say, if i got a, a struggle with you or a problem with you, I need to go to you one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking anybody with me. I'm not gossiping to anybody else about you, but I'm going to go to you. And I'm going to say, you know, Lydia, when you did this, you hurt me. When you did this... Uh, here's what I felt, whatever it might be, but I'm going to go one-on-one. -on -one. I often find if that's done, 90% of the issues can be dealt with. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a misunderstanding. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I, I read it this way and you meant it this so, so I think a lot can be accomplished in that. That's step one. I go to my brother. I go to my sister. Step number two is this. If you don't listen to me at that point in time or they don't listen to you, then the idea is to take a witness with you. You're, you're kind of bolstering your testimony. Mm -hmm. You're kind of getting somebody involved so that they can listen to what's being said and make sure that there's you know, no bias in that and those mm -hmm. kinds of things. So I, I'm strengthening my argument and I'm coming uh, with a fellow brother. 
Step number three, and I don't know how applicable these are in the modern-day church anymore. Really, if step one and step two don't work, it used to be uh, we would often use this step, but I'm not sure that this is even relevant in the church anymore, but we'd take it to the church. Sometimes it was announced from the pulpit, those kinds of things. Uh, and again, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, the idea always. What I say to people, though, is this. When Scripture talks about that, the idea behind it was always restoration. It yeah. wasn't punishment. It was always to say, hey, listen, somebody's caught in some deep sin here. We went to them one-on-one. -on -one. We didn't gossip about it. They blew us off. We went with a witness, and they still didn't care. The idea is, hey, let's take this even higher. Now, I don't know that that works in the modern church. I'm going to be honest with you at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Maybe we've gotten so far, so secular in the world, so far away from the things of God mm -hmm. that that does sometimes more damage. I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot of listeners who could talk about, hey, mm -hmm. yeah, I remember that. I, mm -hmm. I, I got pregnant as a teenager, and mm. they announced it from the pulpit, and I'm still mm. not recovering mm. uh, from the damage. That So, so I want to be real careful with that, yep. but those are the steps. And then the final step would just simply be this. Hey, listen, if I went to you one-on-one -on -one and you didn't listen, and I bolstered the argument with a witness, still didn't listen, I announced it, you still don't care. Now we're kind of this area of excommunication where I'm to treat you uh, like a non-believer, not to have anything to do with you. Sometimes in Amish circles, they call that shunning people, mm -hmm. where you just, I'm not going to have anything to do with you. Again, I think those last two steps, I, I just don't see playing out much in the Church of Jesus Christ today. Mm -hmm. It's it, it just is difficult to do in our day and age, but those are the four steps, if mm -hmm. you will. I think it's important because you hit on this a little bit when speaking about it from kind of announcing it from the pulpit, but it should be our posture as well is that any time we address someone, it's not from a place of arrogance. It is not from a place of anger, but our approach and posture is super important. Incredibly yep. important. In fact, I think that's why we have to move higher in steps is yep. because often it was the approach. So if I'm going to somebody, first of all, I want to go with a humble, meek attitude, yeah. recognizing I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, so I'm coming with humility. And I often think it's even good to, to do it in question form. Hey, mm -hmm. you know, can you help me understand this? Rather than as soon as we come with sort of accusatory tone, mm -hmm. now we set up a pretty difficult situation. You can see that in marriage. You can see that in friendship. Certainly, you can see that in conflict in the mm -hmm. church as well. So I think, first of all, to come with humility and meekness. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I would say this. I would remind yourself before you go of your own sin. Yeah. So, so if we've got a conflict, what did I do? Mm -hmm. to, to What was my part in this conflict? How did I sort of feed into this as well. Remember when Jesus talks about, hey, listen, be, before you pull the speck out of your brother's eye, get the log out of your own eye. Yeah. So I should be asking myself, hey, what did I do to contribute to this conflict? And I think it might even be a good way to start. Hey, listen, when you did this, here's what I did, and that wasn't right of me, mm -hmm. or here's what I contributed to this, what, whatever, that might be good. The third thing I think is this, and I think this is critical, and I even, I noticed this, I I, I try to even do this uh, in leadership with elders and stuff. But when I'm dealing with an issue, I want to attack the problem, not the person. Mm. So if I have a disagreement, so to speak, with an elder on maybe where we're going or what's going on, I don't ever want to attack them. Mm -hmm. 
but I, I, I do want to deal with the problem. So I often want to say to people, hey, listen, I just want you to know I love you. I'm not, what I'm about to say doesn't have anything to do with you or your character or those kinds of things. This is just an issue that we disagree with. And whatever I say, I want to point at the issue, not at you. So don't take this personally. Don't feel as though I'm attacking you. And I think that's critical to be able to do that. And again, I think the fourth thing to remember is always recognize the goal mm -hmm. is restoration. Mm -hmm. the, the goal is not to punish. The goal is not to humiliate. The goal is not to pay somebody back. The goal is that the two of us would be restored, that people in the church would be restored so that the ministry could continue to go on, and we'd always have this testimony of love in the community. Believe it or not, for those of you that are listening thinking, I don't know if I would ever do that, we've seen this play out in some really healthy ways. I remember when I was in student ministry, there's a, you know obviously a leadership covenant that the leaders of small groups sign on to. Um, and there was a few times where a leader was maybe stepping outside of that. They had a fellow leader that came alongside them and then, I mean, kind of in a different form, then brought it to me as church leadership. And we were able to work towards restoration and get that person back on track and it, it can work in some really incredible ways when done correctly, and I've seen people do yeah. it really well. I think it can be very healthy and very good, but I would say to all of us, and I say this to myself too, we've got to be open mm -hmm. to, to, to criticism from other people. We, yep. we really do, because we always want to fight, and then it just worsens the situation. I think if we could all recognize we're sinners saved by grace, that all of us are fallen creatures, and we can kind of be open because that's often how God sort of leads us into growth is through a brother or sister who's honest and, and just says, hey, can, can I tell you something I see in you that I'd like to? And, and as long as it's done in the context of love, I think can be incredibly good. But as much as you're right, there's an approach the person takes. I would also say to us that are being approached, try to be as open as you can. Which really brings me to the point of this podcast is I actually have something I'd like to... No, I'm just kidding. Thank you for joining us today. We won't. Uh, as we talk about conflict, hopefully that's helpful for you and things that you might be going through in relationship and in your life. It's a really important part um, of Christian community. We are going to be back with you next week. We hope that you'll join us. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.